Everything's anointed in the house. Glory to God. Amen? Is God good? He is good to us. You know, in, in the song today, we were singing that God calls us different things. He calls you blessed. He calls you righteous. He calls you um, peaceful. He calls you... Uh, um, my mind's all, all of a sudden blank. Um, he calls you healed, right? He calls you prosperous. He calls you... Everything that every promise in his word is what he calls you and I. And um, today we are nothing but what he says, even if our lives don't appear to line up with that totally, we still are what he says we are because he calls us that. Can you say amen to that? And he's a good father and he understands you and I in our lives today. And, um, <clears throat> I just want us to be in agreement today with any and everybody, uh, you know, during the winter seasons, you know, um, the world has, the, 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 the system has gotten the people that live on planet earth to receive the lie that it's time to be sick. And, and, and if you watch any TV at all and have any type of commercials or anything, they are preparing you to be sick. And we are the healed because he calls us that. So, so I, want you to, I want you to take what I'm going to say right here and meditate on it. And then we're going to pray and declare that sickness and disease and things attempting to attack people's bodies are cut off in the name of Jesus. We have the right to do that because he gives us that authority to do that. But, but just remember this thought. We are not sick people trying to get well. We are well people. We are healed people. We're whole people through the blood of Jesus. And sickness and disease has no right to contaminate our bodies. And And Based on God's word, we have to look at it that way or we'll be overtaken by sickness and disease and we'll be ready and prepared and expecting things to attack our bodies in certain times of the year because that's what we listen to instead of listening and meditating on what God says we are. To some people that's real foreign, but you have to begin to change the way that you think. And that's what we're here for. We're here to preach things that are different than just the normal flow out there in the world. You need to hear things based on how God sees it. Then when you hear me say it and I give you scripture and verse for it, you got to go and look at it for yourself to make sure it's right for you. Amen? Remember this. Never let what happens... Listen, when something happens in, a, in another person's life other than you... And they need compassion, they need help, they need you and to believe with them and those kind of things. When something happens in another person's life, have great compassion. But never let the results of another person's life dictate to you how your life is going to be. Ever. Did you hear what I said? Say this after me. Pastor said, have great compassion for everybody. Amen? That's what I said. But I also said, God's word never changes based on how things affect other people's lives, ever. 
So when you're believing for a wellness in your physical body, do not let your mind say, yeah, but you know, that happened to so-and-so, and that just kind of happens, and it's just that time of the year, and we just have to take it. No, you don't. You can, but you don't have to. And I'm here to encourage you that you don't have to take it in the name of Jesus. No matter what. You say, yeah, but man, I've been hammered this, this winter. See, it's all right. Keep speaking the word. Declare the word. It doesn't change the word. Amen? And, and you're, you're declaring as you're speaking the word and sowing the word that the symptoms don't have any right to remain in your body. That's right. And year after year after year, you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger because the seed in the word will continue to produce harvest in your life. Amen? We're not people going to get under condemnation about nothing. You understand? Not anything. We're not allowing condemnation to get on us in our lives in any way, shape, or form. So today, we declare that we are the healed. Father, every person in the house today that's been, had any symptoms or been attacked in their body, I declare by your word and by the stripes of Jesus what he accomplished, they are healed in Jesus' name. And everybody that they know that are being attacked in any way, shape, or form, as they release their faith on behalf of people that they know, we declare health and healing in their bodies in the name of Jesus. Lord, we're not looking to see something first to be able to say something. We're going to say something and we expect to see circumstances change in the name of Jesus. Father, we rejoice today. We give you the glory. And everybody said amen and amen. Glory to Jesus. This year, we're going to do a series, I'm not sure when, I've been working on it for about a year and a half, but we're going to do a series on health and healing. And we're going to touch a lot of areas. And I don't know, I'm not sure when it's going to be, and if we're going to do it on Sundays, or we're going to do it Wednesdays, or when we're going to do it. But we're going to do a series this year, sometime this year, on health and healing. And we're going to, I mean, we're going to hit it from every direction. Amen? Because there's a lot of questions that arise with where health and healing is concerned and what we have a right to. And, and just what I said in that little short period of time right there, that still creates lots of questions. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. Okay? We're going to nail nails into the coffin of the yeah, buts. Amen? So that every yeah, but is answered. I've been working on this for a while. And I'm declaring today that we are the healed, and we will not back off from it. Can you say amen to that? Amen. amen. So, <clears throat> we're talking vision. And last week, the subtitle of our message was Hearing and Doing, and we're going we're gonna to finish that. <clears throat> the week before that, we talked about, uh, we looked at a number of different scriptures I'm not going to look at them. I'm not looking them up and reading them today. I'm just going to quote them and remind you of them. <clears throat> the first one was out of Habakkuk 2. It says, write the vision and make it plain. And I'm going to add to that, keep it simple. Make it plain and keep it simple, the vision. <clears throat> so that those that read it can run with it. If you don't understand, if the vision's so difficult and so, you know, multifaceted that you can't even wrap your brain around it, you can't run with it. Keep it simple. Vision at gates of the city is simple. Visions in your life need to be simple visions. 
Things that God gives you that you know in your heart he wants you to fulfill. And you say, yeah, but I'm not sure of that. I I really don't know what I'm called to do. The good, then you're in the right place. You're going to hear some great things today to help you do that. Ephesians 1 says, we talked about in Ephesians 1, that God called you before the foundation of the world with a purpose. Before the foundation of the world, he had a plan for your life. Ephesians 2.10 says that you are his workmanship in Christ and he created you for good works that he already had prepared for you. A lot of people, it's hard to understand how God could already have something prepared even before Adam and Eve. I don't know, but he said it and he said it multiple times and so I choose to believe it. God had a plan for me, so I'm living my life Receiving God's word and learning to understand what that is and what it looks like. He has a plan for your life. I don't care today if you're 12 or 112. He has a plan for your life. And it's never too late to tap it in a greater way than what you're living in it today. God's plan. So, so listen, life here on planet earth never has to be boring because it, like peeling an onion back... What you're called to do, what he had planned for you before the foundation of the world is evolving all the time. We're not here just existing, you know, watching the clock and waiting until we get to be a certain age or whatever. We're here to fulfill the plan that God had for our lives. Amen? And that, we talked about that and we're we're still in it and going to finish it today and, and, and next week. Uh, and then we talked about 1 Corinthians 1.26, that we've been called and God didn't call people that were equipped. He called people to equip them to do what he wants. So you might be a person that's equipped in a lot of other ways, but there are certain callings in your life that God had planned for you before the foundation of the world. He knows you can do it. More than likely, you think you can't. More than likely, what he's called you to do, you think you can't do it then he equips you and empowers you to fulfill that. That's his plan. That's what we're talking about, and that's what we've been looking at. Um, <clears throat> Proverbs twenty nine eighteen. I want to look at that, and I want to look at that in a couple of different um, translations. I want to start with the King James Version of Proverbs 29 and 18. The King James Version of this verse. Where there is no vision, the people perish. But he that keeps the law, happy is he. Now, how many believe, I want to show hands, how many believe that happiness, the way most of us think of happiness, is conditional? When I was a kid, uh, I'm very grateful and thankful to have my dad here today with us. Can you give him a great hand? Great man. <clears throat> if, uh, if we were getting up in the morning when I was a kid and we were going, I was going to play golf, happy was he, was me. <clears throat> if he had asked me to mow the yard, not so happy am I. Right? Conditional. But this happy, when you look at it, in the Hebrew, if you go and and 
and if you have a Strong's or if you have a, uh, if you have a Bible, um, a Strong's Bible, actually you can, there's an app, I'm just telling you this because this will help you if you want to look words up, but there's a, there is a Strong's, this is an advertisement, I have stock in this, no I don't, <clears throat> um, it's the Strong's Bible, the Strong's Bible, and it's an app for free, you can download it in your Bible, and you can tap on any word in the Strong's Bible, and it'll give you either the Hebrew, if it's Old Testament, Greek, if it's New Testament, definition of the words. So you can go and look at those and, and, and study it that way. It's really good. It's good to do that and then do more research because it'll always give you more words to, that, that a certain word came from. That's why I like it so much. But this word, is a, this word happy in the Hebrew here is a non-conditional word. It's something, one of the words in the definition is injection. This kind of happy has been injected inside of you, and it's not conditional. But this is where this happy comes from based on this verse. Can you give me um, uh, New King James? Where there is no revelation, now we're talking vision, but he said no revelation. What's revelation? Revelation is the truth from knowledge that you need to equip you and empower you to accomplish things. So where, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. There's nothing, once, once you're not after the word for revelation, then there's no restraint to protect how your life is affected one way or another on a day-to-day basis. See, because there's so many thoughts and ideas. You ever, you ever looked at a, somebody's post on Facebook and you thought, man, they got it all together? Most of the time when people only put stuff up, when they're, when they're just like Nazis about putting stuff up about how great that their life is, more than likely, there's stuff, I, don't, I mean, if you're that kind of person, whatever, don't get mad at me. Or I'm just saying, a lot of times, you, you know, well, let me back up. You don't have to let people know how great it is when it's great. See, it, it, it's, it's what we go through, what people go through trying to convince other people it's great when they're dying on the inside. Now listen to me. The only thing that will keep you from dying on a day-to-day basis on the inside, the only thing, is revelation. Where there is no Revelation, there's no, uh, give me the amplified on that. Where there is no vision, no redemptive revelation of God, no redemptive revelation of God, the people perish. But he who keeps the law of God, which is what we're talking about here, that law is the word of God, which includes that of man. Blessed, happy, fortunate, and enviable is that man. Why? Because his life is not focused day-to-day on himself. His life is focused on what God has him to do. When you find that, it's all over. I'm telling you, the struggles of life are all over. I didn't say the struggles don't come. I'm saying that the struggle for life is gone. But you have to have, as we've talked about, 
You have to have the preached word coming at you on a regular basis and not just preached word that's going to create doubt and unbelief in your life, but the preached word that's going to cause faith and trust and confidence in a living God that created you, that called you before the foundation of the world, that had a plan and a purpose before the found, before Adam and Eve, he had a plan and a purpose. I don't know how, he just said it. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost that were there in the beginning had to be same Father, Son, and Holy Ghost or Father, Word, and Holy Ghost that were there before. So they had a board meeting and they said, you know what, we're calling Bert to do this. And I I wasn't born for over 6,000 years later. Huh? We're going to have Dale Lamont do this. He wasn't born for over 6,000 years later. I'm going to have Lee Dunning do this. This is, what I've, this, is what I've called, this is what we're calling them to do. And so what we've got to do is spend our life tapping into what his plan was. And once you do that, there's, no, there's not another dull day in your life. Well, you know, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do. Only way to know, redemptive revelation. When you have redemptive revelation, you don't perish and you don't cast off restraint. In fact, you value the restraints. You value the restraints that the Word of God brings to your life. So then, and we're, we're not going to look at, actually look at Matthew 20. Matthew 20 in verse 26, one of our, well it's actually our foundational scripture. We'll, we're we're going to really hit it next week along with 1 Corinthians 9 and the message. But, but Matthew 26 and 20 um, no, 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 no. What did I say? Matthew twenty twenty six. That's it. I'm looking at that. Talking about killing somebody. That's not the right one. <laughs> yeah, uh, verse twenty six says, um, "Yet, and it shall not be so among you, but." Whoever desires to become great among you, let him be your servant. And whoever desires to be first, let him be your slave. Both of those words there, slave and servant, both of them are talking about servanthood, but different levels of it. Jesus laid his life. He didn't come, the next verse says, he didn't come to be served, but to serve. And lay his life down as a ransom. You and I... We're called in life not to be served, but to serve. And the service that comes to us is a result of the seeds of service that we sow. Now, again, and we'll get into this and finish this out next Sunday morning and night both. But how many in here desire to be great at what you do? How many? Okay. And how many desire to be first or the head of something that you're doing? How many desire to be first? To do that... You have to be the greatest servant that the world has ever known. And you have to process that and work it out because everybody sitting in here, listen, if you've ever heard about being a servant, that means in your head you're less. You got to get rid of it. That's why we're teaching it. Next Sunday, we're going to nail it to the ceiling so that we all know what real servanthood is really about. Can you say amen to that? 1 Corinthians 9, 
and verse 19, and I want to read that out of the Message Bible, 1 Corinthians 9, 19. I didn't take on their way of life. Actually, you know what? I don't want this today. This is what we're going to finish out next week. I want this in the the New King James. Can you give that to me? So this is what Paul said in these four verses. For though I am free from all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. And to the Jews I became as a Jew that I might win Jews to those who are under the law as under the law that I might win those who are under the law. Verse 21. Those who are without the law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. Next verse. To the weak I became as weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men that I might by all means save some. Now this I do for the gospel's sake that I might be partaker of it with you. Paul said, I become all things to all people that I might win people. And God's desire is not one would perish but all come to the saving knowledge. Republican, Democrat, Independent, communist, whatever it is, whatever you think is bad out there, God wants your life to serve humanity. And when you serve humanity, you become great and you become number one. You become great and you become number one when we serve that way, when we understand that. Now, what I want to finish this out with today is this. Acts 24 and verse 16, we read this last week, and I want to give you just a number of things to think about today. Acts 24 and verse 16. Paul said this, This being so, I myself always strive to have a conscience without offense toward God and men. The NIV says that I would have a conscience. You have the NIV for me there? That I would have a conscience that is is clean towards God is what the NIV says. I think it's the NIV. That I would have a clean conscience. The the reason wrong verse. Yeah, there we go. 16. So I strive always to keep my conscience clear. That's what it was, not clean, clear. Before God and man. To keep my conscience clear before God and man. My, my conscience, and we talked about this last week, but I, I just couldn't get away from this. It's vital that you get this. My, my conscience is the inward part of me that tells me the right things or the wrong things to do. My spirit man and my soul 
are at battle for what my flesh actually does, what my body does, what my body chooses to do, what my brain chooses to do, because your soul and your brain are not the exact same thing. But God is looking for people that are controlled in their physical bodies by their spirit. When you became born again, that's why a person... You, 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 you can't just be good, you have to be born again. When Jesus talked to Gamaliel, I mean to uh, uh, Nicodemus <clears throat> in, in John chapter 3, he talked to Nicodemus and he was telling him, a man must be born again. Born again, if, if you talk to certain people about you must be born again, it's very offensive to him. People get offended. All roads kind of lead to God, and it's, it's whatever. And it's whatever you make it to be, but that's the problem. See, the problem in the world is humanity has made things to be certain things that they've dreamed up, and it doesn't work. Only God's way and His wisdom is what, it, what works. So see, when, when I say that, and I have to watch the crowd or the group of people that I say that to, because I don't want to offend someone up front trying to shove born again down someone's throat, trying to make them believe they have to be, and in other words, I'm better than you are because I am and you're not. Did you hear me? And we got to be protective of that because we have to have inroads and access into people's lives. But when I got born again, what happened was when Jesus talked to Nicodemus, Nicodemus said, well, well, how can a man be born again? How can he go back to his mother's womb? And he said, that which is born of the flesh is flesh. That's the first birth. But that which is born of the spirit is spirit, and that's the second birth. So to be born again is to be born a second time. And when you are, you're human spirit. You're a three-part being. You have a mind, will, and emotions. You have a physical body that you live in, but you are a spirit because the Word says you and I are spirit. We were created in the image of God who is spirit, and we are spirit. We're not flesh. We're not a soul that's just kind of floating around out there. We are a spirit just like God is spirit. So to be born of the spirit, then the Holy Spirit the third part of the triune being, the Holy Spirit and my spirit become one. Then on the inside of me, as I feed on the Word of God, and I allow the Word to become real to me, as I feed on His Word, I start thinking in my life more like Him. And when I start thinking more like Him, my mind, my will and emotions begin to be renewed from that Word, And then my thinking doesn't talk me out of the spiritual things that God's trying to get over to me. Because a win-win in our life is where a person becomes absolutely convinced that God's way is the only way. And the God, the only God, he said it, I've, I've found about 19 places in this Bible where he said there are no other gods. He said it. So, Years ago, when I was 18 years old, when I got born again, and I started studying this, I found out he was the only God. And it took me a while, and I had to develop it, but I became convinced he was the only God. And man, I was a Nazi about it. 
Man, I'd shove it down everybody's throat that was open. If anybody was around and they had, they had a little crack in their lip, I'd start shoving the gospel down their throat. And I ran people off. They used to have family reunions and not invite me. Because I was, a, I was, man, I was a nut with it. But I was pumped up, right? But I had to temper it. I had to, I had to, I had to become all things to all people that I could win them that way. That's what we're going to drive home next Sunday, having vision for your life. Listen to me. When you are connected to this servant lifestyle and understanding, it will cause your life to explode in the things that God's put in you before the foundation of the world to be manifested when you understand what His will is for His kingdom, for His church, for who He is and what He wants accomplished. Then my personal vision connects with His corporate vision and it's a win-win. Everybody wins, but God wins first. Did you hear me? God wins first. It's not me trying to win and then trying to get God to bless what I'm doing. No, when he wins first, when I become servant of all, and I understand what that is and what it really looks like, there's no end to what can, can happen and what can be accomplished. Absolutely no end. So when I and you and I are born again, and the Spirit of God becomes more real to us than natural senses and natural just education and ideas about things in life, when our spirit man becomes in control, then our spirit man controls our conscience. The Bible talks about a conscience that has been seared. And a seared conscience is a, is a thinking and an understanding, trying to figure it out on your own and not having help from the Holy Spirit. God wants you and I to have help from the Holy Spirit in how we're to serve humanity to see people's lives liberated and set free. Are there people out there today, saved and not saved, that are struggling internally with all kinds of issues? Well, I'll just tell you, Randy and I'll tell you, yes. Amen? People are struggling everywhere because of a muddied, dirty conscience. And they've not learned how to clean and have a clear... Paul said, I have a clear conscience before God and man. The only way to do that is through redemptive revelation of God coming into your life on a regular basis. And how does that come? Faith and confidence in God comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God and then you doing something with the word you hear, making it real to you, and then becoming a doer of the word, of the word and not just a hearer of it. Actually, James 1 says, if you're a hearer and you don't do anything with it, you, you deceive yourself. Because then the word of God that's being preached to you, the information, just becomes information. It doesn't become revelation. Revelation is what causes the vision that causes what? Happy. Now, we need to play that happy song. I'm happy. I can't even remember how to sing it. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> it's a happy song, right? But it's unconditional. I'm happy today. I'm happy tomorrow. I'm on top tomorrow. 
Everything's great. It doesn't matter. I can walk around all the time saying and declaring, it is well with me. It's well. Why? Because he says it's well. I'm just taking him at his word. Lord, I think, any days you ever thought God's lost it? God, why would I be saying it's well when it's looking like we're crumbling over the side? Why would I say it's well because of this? But you know what? You said it, not me. I'm not the one that's got to back this word up. It's you. So I'm saying it's well, man. It's well. I'm well. I'm healed. I'm healthy. I could be coughing, sneezing, blowing my nose. You know, my head feel like it's in a vice. I'm well in the name of Jesus. Wow, that seems really stupid and crazy. Yeah, it is. It goes totally against the way people, people say you're well when you feel well. God says you're well, you were well actually before the foundation of the world. Because the plan for Jesus was planned in the board meeting, Father, Son, and Word before the foundation of the world. That's what the Bible says. Amen? And today, we're declaring it is well with us because he said so. And we're going to live our lives every day in the redemptive revelation of God that causes us to have a clear conscience before God and before man. Our conscience is clear, so we can do whatever God tells us to do. Can you say amen? Now, I've got I to finish with a few verses of Scripture to just kind of back that whole thing up. All right? So... Two things, write these down. <clears throat> there are two things that it takes to become a servant of all, and then w- next week we'll, we'll really drive this home. Number one <clears throat> is faith in the accomplished word. Faith in the word that is already accomplished. Already. To be a servant of all, you have to have faith in the word. And number two, you have to have faith in that word on a daily basis that is doing maintenance on your soul, that is affecting your conscience. You have to have faith in the daily word that is affecting your soul. Faith in the daily word that is affecting your soul. In other words, renewing your mind and keeping your conscience clear before God and man. Now, I'm going to read these four passages and make these points as I end my message today. Genesis 3 and verse 8. We won't, this is in the beginning, and this is Adam and Eve, and this is Adam and Eve's uh, confrontation in the garden with with Lucifer, who's become Satan in the earth. He's in the form of a snake. And uh, verse 8 says, And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the the Lord God called to Adam and he said to him, "Uh, where are you? Do you think God knew where they were? This all had to do with them. 
Now, now here, here's the question, and then watch the answer. He said, he said, where are, well, first he said, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you that you should not eat? Several questions that he's asking. And this is his response. It's that woman you gave me. And it's been going on for 6,000 years. If, if it, it's her. If, if she... Hmm? That's where the muddy conscience began right there. There lies the culprit. The blame game, you know, they sin because what sin is just disobeying God. They disobeyed God. He said, don't eat of the, the garden jeers, just don't touch that. And they did, and they ate it, right? But he said, the woman. <clears throat> um, and then verse 13, and the Lord God said to the woman, what is this that you have done? And the woman said, uh, and, the, and, and the woman said, the serpent. So everybody says, well, you know, the man blamed his wife, yeah, but he did more than that. He contaminated her conscience with blaming something else. And the blame game has been going on in humanity ever since. The muddied, dirty conscience, okay, has been going on ever, ever since. And with a muddied conscience, what do you maintain on a day-to-day basis? Condemnation. Always. Condemned because I did this. Condemned because I did that. Listen, there is a sin problem in the United States of America that only the blood of Jesus and the redemptive word of God can handle it. Nothing else. There's a sin problem. But, you know, it's not because the United States of America has gotten so bad. It's because people are not putting stock in the importance of, as the Bible tells us, the preached word, doing something with the preached word, and then becoming a doer of the word that I'm meditating on. We spend all of our time doing so many other things instead of developing that first. All the other things we do, God, God put us on this earth to enjoy this place. Can you say amen? But we can't enjoy this place totally because we've got these muddy conscience. And it started with our first parents. And they messed it up and it's been going on ever since. Jesus came to liberate us. So we're not like they were in the Old Testament where they didn't have the ability to be set free. You and I can choose, I can be set free of this. Paul said, I maintain a clear conscience before God and man. If he could do it, I can do it. If I can do it, you can do it. We can do it. Can you say amen? We can live with a clear conscience and not walking around guilty all the time for all the mistakes that we've made. Look what he says. Romans 8 and verse 1. Romans 8 and 1.
There is therefore now no. There is therefore now no. There is therefore now no. Get your little Strong's Bible. You click on the word no. And you know what it says? No, not ever. That's what no says. No, not ever. Watch this. There is therefore now no, not ever, any condemnation to those who are in Christ who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the things of the Spirit. Now, see, we've been trained to focus on, oh my gosh, I can't walk in the flesh. That's the problem. The flesh is the problem, but our focus is the flesh instead of the in Christ Jesus is the redemptive revelation. When I have redemptive revelation, then there's no, not any condemnation because I've been liberated and free, and that doesn't give me a license to continue in it. That gives me a license to be free and never have to be under that bondage ever again. Everybody say, no, not any. No condemnation. So you can think of maybe the condemnation you were dealing with when you were driving to church today. That's not from God. That's not from God. But the issue is, myself included, if I'm walking in any condemnation, there's too much time spent in the flesh and not enough in the things of the Spirit. So just start altering that a little bit. Just watch what it does. That's where the victory is. Can you say amen? Then 1 John 3, <clears throat> little John's in the back, and verse 19, 1 John 3 and 19, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. For if our heart condemns us, if our heart, and that word heart there is, is what we're talking about regarding our conscience. It's the, it's the in, inward part of us. It's, it's like the thinking of our spirit man is a better way to say it. But that heart right there is not your blood pumping heart. It's the center part of you. It's the part that is growing in the things of God because this proves it here because he says, if your heart condemns you, no, man, God's greater than your heart and he knows all things. If your conscience is seared, it's muddied, and it's condemning you, God's greater than that. Beloved, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence toward God. Watch this. And whatever we ask, we receive. Now listen to me. We're going to talk about this next week as we pray over your visions. How many want to be on the receiving end of the vision that God's put in your heart? Okay. I'm telling you today, it's not because you're so bad and you're all these kind of things. It's because condemnation's flowing around and you're not feeling worthy enough to be able to receive what God wants to do in your life. It's just plain and simple. And I'm telling you, I've felt the same way a dozen different times in the last 40 years. It's not like, well, it's because I'm just not good enough. You see, you can, you can try to deal with condemnation and get under condemnation trying to deal with condemnation. Just settle it. Everybody deals with it, and it's time to get free. Everybody say, today is my day to be free. God wants you free from condemnation. Giving condemnation no place to work. Say, no, not any. 
not any condemnation whatsoever. Amen? If your heart doesn't condemn you, then you have confidence toward God. And, and listen, there's a lot of work going where, where you're not condemned in areas of your life is because you worked on it. It is not going to just go away. Right? Whatever we ask, we receive from him. We keep his commandments and we do the things that he tells us to do because we want to do what he says, even if it's difficult and even if it looks like it's impossible and there's no way for this to come to pass, I'm going to do it anyway because I know he wants me to do it. And the reason I know he wants me to do it is because I don't have any condemnation. There's nothing floating around. I'm not talking about there's not any, you know, I mean, I mean sometimes people can, can misunderstand and misrepresent free from condemnation is almost an attitude of arrogance it's not the same thing confidence in god is covered in true humility i mean it's saturated with true humility confidence in god because you know man without faith in the accomplished word and without faith in the day-to-day word that is liberating me and setting me free and becoming redemptive revelation i'm i'm toast Literally toast. Amen? I don't care how many insurance policies you have, you'll be taken out some other way. You know, just in, in life, in walking through issues in life, you, it, it just, life just takes you out when, it's, when, when, when you have bailed from the redemptive revelation, then there's not restraints that you need to keep you in line, and you're not happy. You're only happy when you get to go play golf. God wants you ha- so happy when you're mowing the yard that the Holy Spirit says, go mow your neighbors. Okay, man, I'm going to do that. 105 outside. I'm just going to mow my neighbors. See, why? Because, man, you're becoming all things to all people that you may win some. Even if the neighbor comes out and cusses you out, you don't know how to mow my yard. I didn't give you permission to mow my yard. Oh, okay, I'll stop. But you did it because God said, well, what if, what if, what if that's what happens? You do it anyway. Can you say amen? Amen. Woo! Glory to Jesus. Now, I got to read this because this is really important. Everything I said comes together in this story in Mark chapter 12, uh, Mark chapter 2. It looked like a 12. Mark chapter 2 and verse 1. Everything comes together in this story right here. And you need to go read the, the story. I'm going to read the 12 verses, but, but you've got to go back and look at it. And again he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive him, to receive them. This is Jesus. He was preaching, and the house place filled up, and nobody else could get in. Um, not even near the door. And he preached, and he preached the word to them. Everybody said he preached the word to them. What did Jesus come to do? He came to preach the word. He came to preach the word so that when he left, the word that he left in people would duplicate itself in those people and then in everybody else all the way down to us right now. And that we could be liberated and free. That's why he came and preached the word. That's why you have to have the preached word. I, 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 I want to show hands, and, and I'm not looking around to see who's raising hands, but how many of you feel you're, you're blessed as a result of just hearing the word today? 
Yeah? I mean, because the Word does it. See, it, it, and listen, I'm never going to give you something that I don't absolutely 110% believe in is going to liberate you if you do something with it. Because it's the Word. It's not how eloquent I am and what a great preacher and all these kind of things. It's, it's not about that. Even though I really am. But, <clears throat> no, no, no. True power comes from true humility. Amen? It's not about that as much as it is the word that you're taking and doing something with. Can you say amen? So he said, he preached the word to them. Then they came to him bringing uh, this crippled guy who was carried by four men. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they sat down uh, the bed on which the, this cripple was lying. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to this cripple, Son, be healed. What's the deal? They brought this guy to be healed. We want a miracle. We want some miracle manifestation to come through Jesus. We came, what do you mean your sins are forgiven you? When your conscience is muddied, you can't receive healing. Did you hear me? When your conscience is muddied, you can't receive healing. What that man needed was, you're free from your mistakes. Now, rise up and be healed in Jesus' name. What I'm telling you is, you, we put the cart before the horse in thinking we're after being well, 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 well. But we've, we've laid the principles of redemptive revelation and vision from God to the side. You don't get vision from God and redemptive revelation working on the inside of you. You'll never receive your healing, your deliverance, your prosperity. You'll never receive the destiny that God has for you because you'll never have faith in God to do what he had planned for you, even if what that is, it looks like there's, it's impossible for you to do. You won't do it. So I'm going to say it again. This guy's muddied waters, the muddied waters of his conscience, were cleared when Jesus told him, your sins are forgiven. What did that mean? <laughs> that mean prophetically... He, he had a word of knowledge right there, as we're talking about on Wednesday nights. He had a word of knowledge that he spoke to that guy in the moment, Jesus did. And that word of knowledge liberated him because that guy had a boatload of sins that were just telling him he's worthless, he'll never amount to anything, he's been crippled since, since he was born, you'll never walk, you'll never this. And he said, you know what? Your sins are forgiven. Can you imagine what he felt? I mean, he was, you know, I think part of his, his exuberance and, and his joy and, and him running around, yeah, that he could walk, but he was free of sin. So this is what I'm leaving you today. Last verse. Romans 6 and verse 12. I'm leaving this with you today. <clears throat> Romans 6 and verse 12. 
This is what I'm encouraging you in, but the verse I'm leaving you with today is verse 14. I'm going to start in verse 12. Therefore, because of what I just preached today, listen to me. Do not let sin, and we didn't do a whole thing on sin, but sin is not the acts of things that you do. Sin is not obeying God when you disobey what God's telling you to do. So when you're in the process of developing the ability to learn and to understand the things of God, as you're doing that, you get liberated from disobeying God. That's what he's talking about here. Now watch. Therefore, don't let disobedience reign in your mortal body that you should obey its lust and all the things that, that all the opportunities out there to disobey God because they come at your five physical senses and they want to wear you out. Do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as, a living, as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. And this is a verse 14 that I want to leave you with. For sin shall not have dominion over you. You're not under the law. You're under grace. Sin shall not have dominion over you. Condemnation shall not have dominion over you. Say this after me today. Sin shall not have dominion over me and no, not any condemnation has a right to rule in my life. Why? Because, why? Because Jesus liberated you and he set you free and when you accepted him you accepted everything that we talked about today everything that we went into today and that we have in the last few weeks and that we will next week everything that we talked about he paid for for you and the thing that keeps us from really receiving our healing our future seeing things we want to see the desires we've had in our heart and all those things is a muddied conscience. And the only way to clear your conscience of dead works to serve a living God is the preached word that becomes revelation. And that redemptive revelation creates vision on the inside of you of who God created you to be. And I tell you today, in a nutshell, the whole world is looking for what I just preached. Wow, Pastor, that's a big deal. No, the whole world is looking for that. You know what it is? That vision is from God. They're looking for God. And where is God? That means if you're born again today, the whole world is looking for you. They're after you everywhere. That's why to be able to be the person God wants you to be, you've got to deal with the muddied waters. Just day to day. That's why you got to have faith in the day in the scripture day to day that comes to you. You get rid you, you get to the place where you're absolutely confident then what you're sowing in the word begins to overtake you in your reaping. Listen, it's not easy. If it's easy, man, I mean, we'd make a multi-level marketing thing out of this and make all kinds of money on it. It's not easy. But it produces life. You gotta go download the happy song when you leave here and as you're driving home in your car just play it 
because <laughs> that song and the words in that song are really close to what we're talking about today. And you need, you need to realize that's the way God created you to live every minute of every day, no matter what's going on. Amen?